iOS helps you control which apps you share your exact location with. There's more to iPhone. This is a podcast from The Times, sports newspaper of the year. Hello and welcome to The Game with me, Gabriel Marcotti. I'm here with a hand-picked selection of the top writers from The Times, and not just them, but Rory Smith and James Ducker as well, to find out what the hell is happening in football. And here to demonstrate their love and knowledge of the beautiful game are the aforementioned Messrs. Smith and Ducker and Clive Petty, who in the absence of Tony Evans is our boss. Later, we'll be looking at the incredible promotion battle in the championship, where it seemed no one wanted to join the Premier League, and we'll be looking at the latest standings in the Wenger Cup. But let's kick off at the champions. I was contacted via Twitter by one, uh, one of our loyal listeners, and he pointed out, like, please don't talk about the big four, the big clubs again, blah, 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 because nothing happened in these games, and it's all very dull. And it's true, um, and I was going to make it a sort of a, a Chelsea United free zone, also because the game was terrible and nothing happened. But I think we do have to talk about the incident um, at the end and some of the storylines. Um, Ducker, let's start with you. Did anything worthwhile happen in this game with the exception of Chelsea's goal and the David Luiz incident? Um, the short answer, Gab, is no. Okay, good. Um, so we can move on from there. Yes, indeed. Um, let's start with the incident now, because I, I don't know. I, sometimes you get managers who, after the game, talk about incidents and, and controversy to uh, to deflect attention from something else. In this situation, um, frankly, you know, you're Sir Alex. You won the league, so you lost this game. Who cares? Um, I couldn't understand why he got so wound up by this business with David Luiz because from what I saw, um, Luiz may have elbowed uh, Rafael in shielding the ball. He may not have. But the reality is the guy kicked him um, and uh, or certainly attempted to kick him. And whether he was smiling or guffawing or pointing a finger and laughing in Rafael's face afterwards or not, it's kind of immaterial. You're a guy who's been one of your better guys this season at right back um, got himself foolishly sent off. Am I wrong here, Ducker? Um, well, I, I think if you actually watch the interview, t- t- two things happen with Ferguson. Um, one, he doesn't defend, he doesn't try to sort of um, admonish um, Raphael of, of, of blame. You know, he does He does accept that he was wrong to re- uh, retaliate and he was, and, you know, he was right to be sent off. Um, uh, and he, yeah, he's obviously he's had a um, he's had a um, um, a good a good moan about David Luiz, but it wasn't it wasn't some you know outraged, furious sort of you know um, uh, fist sort of thumping tirade which you you do you do sometimes see with Ferguson and have in the past. Um, but I, I I mean it was. Um, you know, obviously the points were obviously put to him, and I, I think that they were worth they were worth making. You know, Luis did did elbow or appear to elbow um, Rafael in the chest twice, and I think because he's got form for this, and thought actually Ray Wilkins explained this pretty well on Sky, he has got form for sort of you know f- you know for flailing arms and all the sort of things. I think you saw it in the um, the build up to the Aguero incident. 
um, in the cup semi-final. You know, there was all sorts of sort of uh, elbows in arms out from the weeks, and clearly that does not defend. Well, I, can, I can accept all this, but that, what, what, what I don't get here, James, though, and sorry if I jump in, is you're having a go at David Luiz for, for for grinning afterwards. I, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe there was a referee in that game, uh, a guy named Howard Webb. He, had and he also had a linesman as well who was right there. One of those linesmen who were told is always like, one of the best linesmen in the world. Uh, so why not have a go at those guys? He did. He did throw a gap. He had a moan at them. He said he didn't get anything from the referee all day, and he couldn't. He he, he didn't think. Um, Webb had properly actually seen the incident and couldn't understand why he hadn't done. Every single person was sort of uh, sat around watching that in the press room afterwards, was, was looking at it and thinking, he's gone down, he's got his back to and, and head to, to, to Howard Webb, and he's smirking and he's smiling, he's thinking, I'm going to lie down a little bit longer here, milk it for a bit longer, uh, see, see if that sort of helps my cause and getting Raphael done for. I mean, he's clearly not hurt. Um, I, I just thought, you know, it wasn't a surprise because unfortunately this sort of thing happens a lot but it was just you know it just wasn't great to see really was it it's well I don't know I don't admit I don't buy the whole kind of this is the worst thing that you know a professional can do thing I mean no 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 I'm not, I'm not biting our words, no, J- J- James I'm not I'm not saying that that, that you're saying it but you look at the back page of some of the papers today and it's as though he's sort of he's committed a major criminal offence all he's done Raphael's lashed out shouldn't have lashed out the, the, the whole thing is Raphael's fault in the same way with the Suarez thing you can complain about the ban all you like what Luis Suarez should have done is not bitten Branislav Ivanovic Raphael shouldn't have kicked David Luiz I'm, I'm, whether Luiz was smiling as he thought he might get him sent off I don't know I think he, he maybe was smiling as he thought it was funny that he made Raphael lash out he'd done his job it's, it, that's football it happens or maybe all the he time. also can suspend most of the time walking around with his goofy grin on his face as well, well if anybody's around I agree it's a, it, know that, but it's a little it, bit unseemly but I don't it's not a big deal Clive I and I will move on from this unless you, you, you want to talk about this at extreme length. But I, I'm reminded, obviously, about um, 2006 and Cristiano Ronaldo and, uh, and when Wayne Rooney was sent off and the wink and the way the media is going on and on and on about the wink. And I kind of thought, like, it's, it's a bit different here. I mean, I, I can understand if you take a dive and somebody gets somebody sent off and then you, you start giggling at it, maybe. But I don't – I mean, is, is there a parallel? What with the with the Ronaldo wink? Yeah. Well, I just think it's 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 kind of the professionalism of the sort of game now. That's what it's kind of. What, I don't think we should single out Louise for doing anything that any other professional footballer doesn't really do. You know, lots of footballers will go down, they will roll around a bit, and they'll get up and they'll dust themselves down after you know be running around two seconds later. He just got caught on camera. I mean, that's the crime here, getting caught on camera, in my opinion. You know, that's what professional footballers... He's no different from a lot of them. Uh, and I think a lot of it, actually, is a bit of a kind of a, a xenophobic element in here as well. It's always... I, I get the impression there wouldn't have been so much made of it if it had been a, an English guy who had been on the floor. It, it, I think even... I think even Sir Alex Ferguson said something like, oh, um, the you, foreigners kind of do yeah. this a lot. And I think well, we've got to get past that argument now, for sh- surely. Can yeah. I ask James a question? Yep. Since you were there, was it was it Ashley Cole who went over to Louise when he was on the floor? 
Um, it, that, it should have been that was kind of his position. Do you know what I mean? That he'd be the natural contender to what, be there. To, to do and do what? Well, so, so, so Louise, from from what what we saw on the telly, Raphael kicks Louise. Louise goes over, uh, and then he's grinning on grinning on the floor, and he rolls over to look at what's happening. And someone told him to stay down, and I, I think my, my guess is that would be Ashley Cole. Oh right, I didn't know. I don't, I don't know who. I don't know who that was. There was a guessing. Chelsea player. I, I guess he was probably there to check on whether Louise was all right. And then Louise sort of rolls over with a grin on his face, and he looks up to see what's happening. And someone clearly says to him, "Stay down." And I think that was Ashley Cole. I'm not certain, but I think it was Ashley Cole. We've played Ashley Cole for so many of the world's. We might as well. We can certainly dump this but, one on but, him as well. But my point is linked to what Clive just said. I, I think there is an element of this is what foreign players do. This is, this is cheating. It's the same with the, with Oster asking for the for the, yeah, for the card, oh, the red card. This is perceived as being a foreign thing, and that's it's either irrelevant or slightly xenophobic, and we all need to kind of get, get over that element of it. Um, from xenophobia to raphophobia, um, I'm told that on uh, 606. Uh, all of a sudden, there's a whole spate of Chelsea fans coming out and uh, some of them apologizing for some of the booing of Rafa. Um, now, I don't know if anybody's done any scientific polling on this, but Clive, do you, do you sense a change in the way they look at, they look at Rafa? Maybe they want to keep him around instead of that other guy? No. No, neither do I. No. I, I had to ask. I just think, I think they've kind of bought into the fact that um, Chelsea are actually still still going and still and being successful and they bought into the fact that they might bought into the fact that you know booing uh, good old FSW as he's officially known isn't work isn't going to work and the team is you know they he's, they're a, they're in a final they're they're going to more than likely claim that champions league place um that's all. That's all they kind of want, and and they might as well just get behind the team. The wasted effort of booing Rafa now is is actually seen that now as as a wasted effort. Let's get behind that team because they're going to fulfil the the objectives. And I think perhaps, and well, maybe part of them do actually see that they do owe him some credit here. I mean, you know, how many games have Chelsea played now? This is that, that was their sixty fifth game or something, um, and the much hated. Rafa rotation policy seems to have served them pretty well. I mean, to get that squad through that many games and still be in uh, with a chance for the, you know, of, of, of having a successful season is something to be applauded, surely. Uh, from Rafa to somebody who's uh, far more handsome, uh, Wayne Rooney. Uh, now, James, uh, you've written about this. You've written about links with, uh, um, or with Paris Saint-Germain. There's still an elephant in the room of, of his contract, which you know will enter the final two years. And you know sometimes you see Rooney drop, sometimes you see Rooney not playing well. What's the latest? What sense are you getting? Um, uh, I think it's a, uh, a very difficult situation to to, to call Gavin the moment from all the conversations I, I have about it. It's a, um, the, the, the Rooney's own camper are sort of in the dark as to what what's going to happen and the waiting for the season end. And to see if that um, that sort of brings any any greater clarity to the situation. What what is um, what I think what is indisputable is that there have been lots of sort of very blunt sort of barb references um, from from Ferguson towards Rooney um, this season. Um, you know, there's a clear you know there's not a breakdown not a breakdown as such in their relationship but it but it's anything like it was um i do believe from everything that i'm told that um if if you know if if a suitable offer does come in i, b- I believe folks and is is open to selling him now obviously that's not straightforward because there are 
not that many clubs that could afford him, not necessarily that many clubs he would want to go to. Can you quantify what you think a, a suitable offer might be? Well, I mean, he's 28 in October, um, so... Um, you know, he could argue, and United might argue, even if they actually privately think otherwise, that he's at his at or around his peak. Although the simple fact that they'd be open to selling would suggest that they don't believe that. Uh, to entering two two years left, I mean, you know, I, I think if they got the money back on him, which which is you know around about the twenty five million pound mark, then I think that would represent very good business. Say they did make the decision to sell him, I don't think you could take his sale in isolation. You know, Paul Scholes is most likely going to retire this uh, at the end of the season. Darren Fletcher, um, uh, God bless him, you know, I think they've written that situation off. And there's a lot of uncertainty over Anderson and Nanny. So there, there is going to need to be, if Rooney goes in, in, on top of sort of Scholes and, and situation, there's going to be a need to be a major, a major forward acquisition and a major midfield acquisition. Uh, and and I, th- I mean, obviously, they appear to be making sort of provisions for that. There's a lot of talk about it. I know they're looking extensively at, at, at Lewandowski. Um, so, you know, the, everything would sort of suggest that they are working towards a situation whereby, you know, sort, sort of plans are in place either to get a player in with a view to selling Rooney or, or having a sort of contingency plan in place in the event that Rooney does go. The thing just very quickly, Gab, the, I'm so, the, that look on your face says it better be really quick. Um, or really good. In terms of the number of clubs who can afford Rooney or would even be tempted, right. I don't think it's even a few. Yeah. I think it's one. I, who's the one? I think I, the only club that could possibly go go for him on those wages and much, could, could use him is Paris Saint-Germain. Don't think there's anyone else? I don't think Paris Saint-Germain have any use whatsoever for, for Wayne But Rooney. theoretically they could. Um, who else? Is Barcelona? He, he no, no. I, 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 near I, Barcelona I think, I think theoret- theoretically it's, it's, only, it's only, it's actually, you know, unless you, you think you're going to get some kind of commercial return, City or Chelsea, assuming that they have any interest whatsoever uh, in the guy. And that's why I think United are, are keeping a hard line. And I think he's going to end up re-signing for less money, personally. Yeah. I mean... That's a very, very realistic... Um, uh, suggestion in, in from United's perspective, but since when do since when do players resign on on the small contract? Well, uh, it, uh, this 20, can be a first. It's, well, it it's would, market it would, forces. It would be not. It would be a novel case to say the least. Gab. It's 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 market forces. Um, or does he not, words, does, does, he, does he not sign a new one? Does he run it down and go to Everton when he's twenty nine thirty? How cool would that be? on a free? Once a blue, always a blue. Remember. All right, enough Rooney, United, and so on. Let's move on to what our uh, Spurs supporting producer calls the Wenger Cup, a.k.a. a top four finish. Right now, for those who haven't noticed, Chelsea are on 68 points. Arsenal on 67. Spurs on 65. Chelsea uh, have that big uh, home clash against uh, Spurs on Wednesday night. And it's Villa away. And it's Everton at home. Arsenal, Wigan at home. Newcastle away. Spurs stoke away Sunderland at home after their trip to Stamford Bridge. So um, I think it's quite interesting because except for Chelsea v Everton at the end of the season, you know, potentially these are all games you know, against teams that are, are going to be fighting to avoid relegation. Um, from what we've seen at the weekend, and of course all three won, Clive, has your opinion changed at all? How do you see this one working out? Well, as it, the club's finishing the top four? Yes. Um... Even being a, uh, a Spurs supporter, I tend to think I'm being a bit pessimistic. I think they might possibly be in the positions that they're going to finish in now. To be, to be fair, although 
I'll, I'll, can I hold? Can I reserve judgment until after Wednesday night? Because yeah, that, that makes it easy. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't, you didn't. I didn't say that would be a bad thing. Um, it's in at least the option being it's all in Spurs' hands. Up to that match, you know, uh, Arsenal they can go on, they can win all their games and still not do it. So. It's in Tottenham's hands. Well, do I think they're going to get something out of Chelsea on Wednesday night? It, it's right. very hard to call. I don't know. Roy? Chelsea, Chelsea and Spurs draw on Wednesday. Uh, Chelsea will get four points from their other two games and probably win both of them. They'll finish third. Arsenal beat Wigan. Spurs will win their other two games. Uh, and I think Arsenal lose at Newcastle in the final day. So I think it'll be Chelsea, Chelsea third, Spurs yeah, fourth. Increasingly, I see that as a viable scenario. I mean, as bad as Newcastle are, they, they could well be desperate. It, it, all, it all depends, all actually, on, it, not even on, on the game on Wednesday night. What it really depends on is what's to play for at the bottom. If Newcastle could go down, they will win at home on the final day. Ducker. Um, I'm going to disappoint Clive, and I think uh, um, it will it will finish as they currently stand. Chelsea coming third. I think we'll beat Spurs on Wednesday, and I think we'll take um, uh, three or four points from from the the games against Villa and Everton. I think Arsenal will um, beat Wigan and Newcastle, which is still a big call to to make because uh, they uh, they've been on a fantastic run. But there is a flakiness there. But I think they will win both, and I just think that the uh, Spurs losing potentially losing on um, on um, uh, Wednesday night will 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 kill them. I, still, I expect them to beat Stoke and Sunderland absolutely, but uh, that won't matter if um, if they lose to Chelsea and Arsenal win both their two games. Wow, ballpark. I, I'm increasingly reading towards the Chelsea and Spurs scenario, but time will tell. Now let's see. Uh, let's play the same game at the opposite end of the table. Um, Can I just say, Dab? Actually, the, Dab has, as he does every week, has prepared for us a, a sheet of paper with all, a number of salient and relevant points on it, in which he has written "run in" or those that's off the word relegation, and d- listed the fixtures for Widden, Sunderland, Newcastle, and Norwich. You're saying that's, I should have included Southampton as well? No, you should have included every single team in the bottom half because. There is a Fulham. Is it Fulham and Stoker on forty? Yeah, they, they can still go down, and I, there, there is no reason whatsoever to believe. If anyone's seen Fulham play recently, they are not getting a point from anywhere at the moment. So the, all of those those ten teams are still in it very much. So Widden will get forty one. Well, um, for those who I, I, I suppose I kind of got bored of writing, and I could have included all those other teams. It is it is kind of kind of it's remarkable. Very unprofessional. Um, I, I, you're right. It is unprofessional of me, and I apologize to our listeners. Uh, Wigan are on 35. They've got three games to play. Sunderland on 37. They've got three to play. Newcastle on 38 with two to play. Uh, Norwich on 38 with two to play. And then uh, uh, you've got Southampton on 39. And I guess uh, um, Fulham, Stoke, Villa. Fulham, Stoke, and Villa on 40. Now. Um, it's an absolute cluster mess. And, of course, on top of that, uh, Sunderland are hosting Stoke tonight, which, which obviously could make a very, very big difference in, uh, in, in, how, things, uh, in how things pan out, depending what the result is. Uh, if you know, a Sunderland win, I think, and, uh, and if you're Stoke, you, you do start to worry a little bit. Um, and equally, if you're Sunderland, you're still not, not safe. So this whole, like, 40 points, you're okay thing, that's all gone out the window. Um, Rory? Yeah, as I say, I think Wigan will win their two home games, which gives them 41, which means I think 41 has to be the, the basis of, of, of staying up. Looking at the fixtures, the, the, the Sorry, if I jump in there one second, though. If you, if, you, if you argue that, then basically you're, you're arguing that um, Villa on 40 points. I mean, you don't think Wigan-Villa on the last day of the season, I mean, it, it, will that be 
if that's the kind of game where a point's enough for Villa, you don't, I mean, or, or do you think Villa will be safe by that point? Villa have got two games left, haven't they? And one of them is Chelsea in, away. Chelsea, so. No, Chelsea at home, Chelsea at home. Sorry, Chelsea at home, yeah. Which I don't think they'll win, so I think it could well be Villa. But it, I also think there's a very there's a very real risk that it's Fulham, to be perfectly honest. I think the point, I think I, 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 I sort of side with Rory in that. I think, I, I just think we're going to gonna win the, the two home games to get to 41. But I don't think that necessarily will mean the benchmark sort of 41 for staying up. I, I, I look at some of the teams like you know, Norwich and 38, and I just can't see them getting to... 41 points I think sort of you don't think Norwich can beat, can beat West Brom if they beat West Brom at home I just, yeah. I just there's a funny mentality like coming in here isn't it the, the, those teams that haven't really been thinking about this situation for a long time you know they've already thought well it's those guys you know it, it's been about five possibly six teams for a number of weeks now and all of a sudden you know as you say the Norwiches the Fulhams of this world have suddenly got to go uh, oh, even Southampton have known because everybody weeks ago said Southampton what a great effort it's you know they're they're safe and all of a sudden they're now looking back over their shoulders again and it, I don't know that 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 mentality switch of it's, that's that's the hardest thing to do is to get yourselves back up for that to that intensity and I, that's why the, the, the other one you'd have to think about is Stoke I don't know who Stoke got on the final day but Stoke lose at Sunderland tonight or yesterday depending on when you're listening to this then they're they're on forty points or, or aren't depending on what happened last night um, and that's that's. They, they they will have that problem as well. But Stoke have Southampton away on the last year of the season. Stoke at least were, were already Pulis was in that mindset that he was already thinking about um, their record points total. They 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 were in that mindset of staying up, so they were actually not in a bad place after what was it one win last mm. week? Actually, was kind of stopped the rock. I think someone will go down with. I think that the the eighteenth place team will finish with thirty nine points to go down in goal difference. I can just see that happening. I hope not, because I think goal difference is a stupid way to decide who goes down and they should have a one-game playoff, but we've been there and that's no time to debate this. Quick predictions. Um, who's going down? Ducker? Newcastle. Ooh. Clive? Um, I tend to agree with James. I think Newcastle. Ooh. Rory? Stout. So it's not just wishful thinking because you're a fancy Dan Foreigner, no? No, I think Stoke have got Spurs at home uh, next Sunday. If they lose at Sunderland tonight... Right, hang on. Depending on when you're listening to this... If Stoke Stoke have lost at Sunderland, they've got Spurs at home and Southampton away, they'll lose both of them and go down. If if they've won, I suspect it'll be... (coughs) One of the others. Um, Fulham. Uh, before you very much you know, asking our opinion come on who do you think is going there you know what I'm going to say Wigan for the simple reason that we take it as granted that they're going to stay up because oh, they've, they've stayed up before um, and I do think the Swansea game is on paper the train is now approaching Junction at platform iOS helps you control which apps you share your exact location with. There's more to iPhone. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Gimme, by the same token, if you're Swansea, you're totally relaxed. You can take chances against Wigan. Um, I think Arsenal away is pain in the butt. Villa on the last day of the season, if Villa's still in it, you know, I, I just think we're kind of, you know, we've all bought into Roberto Martinez's super superpowers, but I, I think it's... Uh, I think it does make a big difference when you've got fewer points than the opposition and it's, a tough running. It's brilliant, though, isn't it? What Given is? that the top of the league's so boring. I mean, the, the yeah, this the is so much goal. better. <laughs> and it gets even better because in our debate we're going to go further down to uh, the to the championship. Now, uh, regular listeners will know the championship is not my forte. Um, <laughs> I did try to prepare for this, and I did watch those dramatic scenes. Um, uh, on, uh, on on the final day of the season. Now, for those who don't know, at least at the very top, Cardiff are already uh, you know, Cardiff had already clinched promotion. Um, they were traveling to uh, Hull. Uh, Hull basically needed to, uh, I guess, better Watford's result to be guaranteed to stay up. Uh, Watford had a home game against Leeds, which looked kind of like a gimme. Hull were in. When, when, very bad shape with a bad set of results. Um, seesaw game, Steve Bruce, missed penalties, yada, yada, yada. Watford drama um, because the uh, starting goalkeeper, Manuel Munia, injured himself during the warm-up. Uh, his backup, Jonathan Bond, uh, then got hurt during the game, colliding with his own player. And so uh, they went to the third goalkeeper who, well, let's just say, made several huge blunders in the game. They also got they, they also got the um, they also had a man sent off. In fact, but first of all, I want to clear this up. I asked several people, um, ex pros, yesterday. I said, had Watford been playing away, would they have still have brought three keepers, and who would have been in goal? And to a man, most people said, no, you don't really bring three goalkeepers on the road. Does that strike anybody as kind of weird and stupid? Well, I think the guy. Bonham just happened to be, I mean, he was there for the last game of season party, basically. I don't think he expected to be playing at all. It was almost like whip off your blazer and tie some uh, and get on the pitch. That's why I, I may have got that wrong, but I yeah, think, you, you know, you name a 19 he was man. there. He's in the squad. Um, you take a 19-man match day squad, 
and your your extra man can be a player in any position and in my experience it's normally an outfield player but you can I mean, you can bring more people and then change if somebody gets injured during the warm up you can change your squad I, that's I, what I'm saying I guess you can do he was yeah. at home so he was at the ground had they been playing had they been playing away I, I think there's no guarantee he would have been that no. right which seems kind of kind of stupid to yeah, me yeah but it, it was a day of I mean and James will speak to speak to us about Hull but at Watford where, where I was it was a day of ridiculous sort of coincidence and happenstance and all this stuff best summed up by the fact that Leeds about 10 minutes before kickoff, realised that Zach Thompson who was meant to be playing in, the set in, in midfield wasn't registered to play and they had to bring in Michael. They had to take Michael Brown off the train, off the, the warm up, and say, "Michael, you're playing now." Wait, the Michael Brown, the the hatchet man, Michael Brown. They had to do that within ten minutes, and if they hadn't, they could have been fined. They might have even have been docked points. And if results had gone, gone the, the other way elsewhere, Leeds should have been relegated if they'd lost that game. This is insane. I mean, but it was just it was the whole thing. The whole day was completely ridiculous. So there, there is no club secretary at Leeds right now, is there? Isn't that the club secretary's job to make sure everybody's? I'm not sure. Who, I'm not sure if there's no club secretary at Leeds, but whoever, whoever is in charge of that did not cover themselves in glory. Ducker Hall, I, I I was struck by this because, I mean, well, first of all, Cardiff didn't have much to play for, but but pride and 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 I thought they played well. I thought it was kind of dramatic when Nicky Maynard um, scored that penalty, but. I looked at I looked at this team and, and you saw Steve Bruce and I was watching on TV on, on on the sidelines and it was impossible not to have a tiny shred of you sort of to want Hull to do it right. Oh yeah, I mean it was he just, looked so adorable. It was um, it was it was just it was just captivating. Captivating. I mean, Rory's obviously run us through the sort of remarkable unscriptable plot lines at Watford. I mean, it, it was very similar at Hull. You you had. You know, there's, there's, he's got horrendous injuries up front. He's, he was without something like four strikers, so he was he was playing his left wing back, Robbie Brady, in the hole behind the strike. You know, as a second striker, actually had a great game as well. You had Fraser Campbell, who um, helped Hull um, get into the Premier League first time round in 2007-8 season, um, coming off the bench. Within, within within four minutes of half time to put Cardiff up front and um, and celebrate widely having been abused by the Hull supporters. Uh, then you had Hull um, drawing level um, and uh, and then going in front with Paul McShane, who was one of only two surviving members from the the, the 2008 2009 Premier League season, um, scoring, having been sort of shipped out on loan twice. And being generally very unhappy before sort of Bruce, um, Bruce got his head together again, and he thought, "Oh, brilliant! You know, this is a, this is this is." He couldn't get much better than this. Um, and then obviously that there was that bonkers sort of crazy ending with um, with the all started by the Hull fans thinking that the ref had blown for the final whistle, and actually he'd blown to award his own team a penalty. <laughs> right. So they stormed onto the pitch. And at this point, you've got Paul McShane and, and the other players bellowing at them to um, to uh, 
uh, to get off the pitch and actually screaming them at the time saying if you don't get off quick we're going to be we're going to um, cancel the match and we're going to be docked points and we're not going to be going up the stadium announcer was screaming at them um, it just about stopped short of expletives um, to get off the pitch um, and then obviously after this long way um, Nick Broswitz you know missed his penalty uh, and um, and Cardiff go go back down the other end you know to to, to cue this uh, remarkable um, remarkable way but what was brilliant was I'd gone down from the um, the, the press box down to the sort of the press room to watch um, the Watford game the last 15 minutes of it and I was outside there were, I'm not just talking 10 15 20 people gap there were hundreds I mean there were, actually I'd say it was even into the thousands sort of you know one two thousand whole fans just streaming out going home and I said to the couple of them what, what are you doing you know you, you've, you're not just going to stay you know you, 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 you know Watford were only drawing one all at that time you know you're going up as things stand and uh, there's no guarantee that Watford are going to score and they're all like oh, Watford are clearly going to score aren't they all, I spoke to about half a dozen like Watford are clearly going to score I just can't face it we're going home <laughs> so I go back into the best room the lead score and I run back outside say Leeds have scored Leeds have scored you're definitely going up and some of them just sort of like just didn't know what to do and they sort of carried on walking and then they sort of raced back into the stadium it was just absolutely sort of comical almost I just think it's remarkable I just think it's also remarkable that only 14 points can separate sort of the final playoff spot in, in, the, in the, the last relegated team well, that's like, there was a, there's a great quote from Mick McCarthy which I suspect Dad is going to get onto the subject in a second that if you basically in the championship you take one off the top in Cardiff and one off the bottom in Bristol City they're all as bad as each other and I think that's absolutely true that there is no difference really in terms of football ability between Can like you Barnsley. say that in Mick, Mark, in Mick McCarthy's accent well we're all as bad as each other um, does that do that's quite sexual I didn't mean it to be I don't, fi- I don't find Mick McCarthy a sexual being um, just to make that clear but the, the, in terms of that's the kind of drama and in, from what we've seen the, the way that it went you'd, I'd expect like aliens to land in a playoff final or something like that <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the, the playoffs in a minute I just want to have a word on, on Cardiff because um, you know sometimes you get promoted early when you win your championship and, and you get a little bit overshadowed um, obviously there's been a lot's been said about the ownership and, and the changing colours and all that business um, Clive what's your take on this club? In what way? I mean, they're they're kind of worthy champions. I think you know they've they've, they've you know, set up what they uh, uh, wanted to achieve. Um, not sure how well they're going to do next season. I mean, the thing about um, they're going to have to deal wheel and deal show as much canny insight as, as Swansea did. I'm trying to lure top people to Wales I mean if uh, I'm not sure what the deal with Bellamy well, it is, if, if, if it's not like they're going to prison they're going no, to, no, no, just, no. there's <laughs> nice bits in Wales but too it's, but, it's like, but it's like I still think probably it's um, it's uh, say if you're a player and perhaps you've got a choice of playing for I don't know uh, Hall Fulham or something like that if, you, well, if, they, if the attraction is London yeah um, and, and, you, and you're not going to Chelsea Arsenal whatever it is uh, but your your next competitive competitive uh, competitors, I suppose, at that level, for like, let's say like 
like Fulham if you're Cardiff. And yeah, perhaps you it, might choose that. When it comes to soft foreigners, I will agree. They all want to be in London, which well, gives clubs like Fulham and QPR. Well, we're always soft foreigners. Nobody but, anybody else, do they? So, um, well, no, but there are. There are I mean, Cardiff need players. I want to ask you about Hull, Ducker, because I, on TV it looked pretty bad, but then you told me all these guys are injured. And plus, you know, it was nervy and they're coming off a bad stretch, and I haven't seen anything else of them. I, where are they in relation to, say, Reading and Southampton when they came out? I, I, um, I mean, I, I think it is remarkable that Bruce has got them up. I, I sort of know what Rory's saying about sort of very similar sort of standards across a large stretch of teams. But I, I you know, in terms of um, you actually look at the sort of, you know, spare statistics in that squad and I do fear for them and even if they have a tremendous sort of summer in the, in the transfer market and um, uh, and get a lot of players in I think that the sort of leap that they have to make with that squad is so huge that um, the I just can't. I, I know Hull fans don't want to see this, uh, hear this, and I, and I really, obviously, uh, think it's fantastic. I want them to bask in the glow, but I, I just cannot see a way that they're going to stay up. Of course, there are playoffs now to come, uh, prolonging the the excitement, and it's uh, it's Watford against Leicester and Brighton against uh, Crystal Palace. Now, you guys all seem to be pretty down on Hull and Cardiff and their chances to stay up. And I look at the uh, teams in the playoff and. Um, you know, Watford obviously have the, the potential resources of the, the other clubs in the Pozzo Empire. Um, Brighton have uh, a, a wealthy owner and uh, maybe play slightly more of a continental fancy Dan style. Um, Palace, of course, are managed by a genuine warrior of the light in Ian Holloway. And uh, Leicester have a lot of money and some very good players. Is it fair to say that the team that wins the playoffs might have a bigger chance of uh, staying up than Hull or Cardiff. I think Cardiff have got. I mean, I agree with James on Hull. I think Cardiff have got a chance, but they do need. They do. Need, they will. All those teams will need to sign players. I would have thought that Watford, because of the the Pozzo linked, would probably be okay. Leicester, if the owners and the owners have got money, if they put that money into the club, they'd probably be all right. Although Leicester are rubbish, um, and I say that as someone whose dad supports Leicester. Uh, and but I think funny if I think Brighton are probably in terms of the side that exists now they're probably the best equipped to cope straight away in the Premier League because they have a defined style and they have players that could fit into a more technical sort of atmosphere so I think Brighton would probably be okay uh, and yeah the, yeah it may may well be the case that the, the team that wins the playoffs is the best place going forward. Now uh, I will leave you with this uh, fun Chris fact from our producer Chris Skinner it says now that Cardiff have gone up half of the ninety two league clubs have spent a season in the Premier League and if Brighton make it now that will mean that more clubs will have been there than haven't. Isn't that great? All right, enough irrelevant facts. Let's move on to some quick hits. Clive, I'm assuming you've heard the joke that next year there will be three Welsh teams in the Premier League, Cardiff, Swansea, and Gareth Bale. To be fair, Spurs didn't do too much to change that impression against Southampton, did they? No, they weren't great, but, you know, if... Um we're always led to believe that the sign of a, a good team is one that doesn't play well but takes the three points. And let's be honest, um, <laughs> one man team, um, it's a bit, it's a bit unfair. I mean, you know, Messi, Barcelona, one man team. Um, Robin van Persie, you know, well, Robin van Persie, Arsenal took him out of them and look what happened. Robin van Persie, Manchester United, is that a one man team? His well, he left Arsenal and then Arsenal going to get more points this season than he got last season. So maybe it wasn't a one man team. 
I thought, uh, I thought you didn't, uh, I thought you didn't uh, like the statistic about uh, more points than, uh, than last season. I thought that didn't carry any weight. Look, I mean, if anything, uh, they, have, they have been a bit reliant on him, but that's, it's because it's a, I think it's a, it shows up the policy. They, didn't, they should have uh, brought some strikers uh, in January. The strikers, Defoe and Adebayo, haven't been able to weigh in and back up Bale. So there's, if, if, if it had been shared around a bit more, there would have been less spotlight. I'm, I'm, I'm just joshing. I actually think that they're just simply really, really tired right now and, and look kind of spent. And also, it's not really one-man team. maybe one-and-a-half-man team. Hugo Lloris, I think, has come yeah, up the races, Yeah, I, I could pick out quite a few people who have had good seasons. Christian Benteke didn't score at the weekend, but Gabby Bonlahore did as Villa get three points at Norwich, which presumably will keep them up. Maybe. Uh, Ducker, this guy's just 22 and it's 18 league goals this season. What happens next and how much will he cost? And do you like him more than the other young Belgian striking wunderkind in the Premier League? Uh, if he goes, um, if they go, if Villa go down, whether um, whether Benteke would want to stay or Villa would want to keep him, it, it, it doesn't matter. He, he will be sold because their wage bill uh, is huge. They're trying to get it down. If he goes, he will, he will, if they go down, he will definitely be sold, but I don't think they will. Uh, if, uh, I reckon that would cost, 50, cost them 15 some club 15 to 20 million uh, if they go if, if they go down he will uh, go if they stay up I think he'll stay Newcastle come back from West Ham with a point but Alan Pardew gets rather chippy these days uh, he banned a reporter at uh, Broadsheet newspaper for alleging there were splits in the squad between the French players and the gutsy committed non-cheese eating surrender monkeys God, I love the fact they made that reference twice in the same show um, Roy what do you make of this and have you ever been banned by a football club uh, I don't think I have I've been I've been the victim of sort of Paper bans whilst working at the newspapers. I've not been allowed to go to press conferences because the paper itself is banned. So paper, the newspapers have the banned newspapers. You. No, no, not the newspapers. The clubs have banned the newspaper rather right, than not the, you personally. Not me personally. Um, I don't think. I, I, I don't think so. I've had a few nasty phone calls. Um, I always think it's a sign of a manager who is getting a bit paranoid and a bit upset, uh, and it's it's a sign of weakness rather than the strength. Once you start throwing the media out. Interestingly, on the radio, I think I was listening the other day, and th- someone texted in and said um, that. That Luke Edwards, the reporter who'd been banned, should have been banned because he wasn't helping the manager do his job. And that if the reporters aren't helping the manager to do his job, then the manager shouldn't help them do theirs. To the people who think like that, of which there are many, why do you think newspapers exist? Football reporters go to football matches to get information to the fans. If you're happy to, f- to swallow the Pravda-style reporting that the clubs are encouraging, then that's fine. But it suggests that you don't have a very inquisitive mind or a particularly high intellect. Newspapers are there to tell you what is happening at the, at the club that you support. That is why we are, we are all employed. And it really irritates me when people don't realise that. For the second week running, Theo Walcott scores inside the first two minutes as Arsenal win at QPR. Uh, 1-0 in a pretty dreadful match. Now, our boss, Tony Evans, says that Wenger has become more concerned conservative in his old age, whereas when he was younger, he was more of a revolutionary, like the young Tony Evans. Uh, you're making a face, Clive. I do not make a, do not make a face, because he is our boss, after all. Um, but what does he mean? He's your boss. Um, he's your boss, too, isn't he? He's not my boss, no. Oh, really? He'd like to think so, but he's not my boss. Well, I'm not beholden for position to Tony he's Evans. He's harder than you, though, right? He says so. He's a lot, he's he a lot says of talk so. about Evans. Come on. Yeah. All right. I, I hope for your sake yeah, he's not I'm gonna, listening. I'm going to offer him outside when he comes back <laughs> next tomorrow. Um, what does he mean? Uh, I don't want to put words into Tony's mouth, but I guess that there was a time where I suppose Arsenal and Arsene Wenger would actually spend most of their time talking about challenging and going for trophies. And now all that comes out from Arsene Wenger is talk about balance sheets and, and how well the youngsters are doing. And, and you know, uh, maybe 
with their new uh, Emirates deals and their new kit deal that's coming in and advanced TV money, they might actually stop thinking about the balance sheets and put it actually into some proper marquee signings. Well, or maybe what they should do, of course, with all this extra revenue coming in, is provide more value to the shareholders and higher dividends, which would be the responsible thing to do. Wigan come back from two goals down at West Brom to win 3-2. Sean Maloney steals the show. Um, Tucker, I, I remember Maloney as a kid at Celtic. I'm wondering, why did it take so long for this guy to have a breakout season or even just a season in which he plays almost every game? It's amazing. He's, he's 30 years old now, but he can really play, can he? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned him, Gab. He's, he's, um, he's, he's one that's just gone under the radar for so long. Whenever I've seen him play for Wigan, I've been really, 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 really impressed with him. He's really very gifted, very comfortable on the ball, great vision. Um, you know, comes up with some important goals as well. And yeah, I mean, Tay Maloney and, and sort of McCarthy out of that team, and um, you know, it makes a big, big, big difference to them. And I think as well, he's just great. He's shown sort of great sort of flexibility. Sort of, be seen drifting across all, you know, or you know, both both sides are very comfortable. He's really sort of bought into the um, into the way Martinez plays and. He's almost like you say it. You know, he's the twenty nine thirty. He's been given this sort of you know late lease of life, and he's and, he, and he's relishing it. And um, he, he'll be integral to their their hopes of staying up over the next few games. Well, I'm glad you got the obligatory James McCarthy reference in there because, of course, we're all very big fans. It wasn't much of a Liverpool derby, but at least there was a talking point. Silva and Distance disallowed goal, but frankly, it just all seems so moot at this point. So I'm really going to ask you about that, uh, Rory. Did this game kind of reflect these two clubs, and um, who are you more bullish on for next season? Given that you're so impartial here. Uh, I am impartial because I, I've got a lot of time for Everton. I, I think that they're a, a, an admirable side, but I do worry what happens to Everton if Moyes goes. The mood music seems to have changed a little bit now, and it looks more likely that he'll stay than, than he'll go. But there is a possibility, I think, that if a decent job came up, that he would leave. That would mean inevitable transition for Everton next season to someone, perhaps like Roberto Martinez, taking over. Um, Liverpool... Uh, it's impossible to say. If you'd have asked me last week, I'd have said, yeah, great signs going forward, that even if Suarez did go this summer, that they might be all right, but then they produce a display like that, and you sort of think, well, actually, no. I think what I would say is that next season's Merseyside derbies will not be any more significant in the grand scheme of things. And Gab, one for you. There's been new champions this week in Italy, in Turkey, and in Holland. Uh, but they look an awful lot like the old champions, don't they? Well, yes, that's because uh, they are the old champions. Of course, all these teams uh, repeated last season. I think they're all in slightly different situations. I think Galatasaray really took advantage uh, uh, of a year in which they got that mid-season uh, spending on, on Drogba and Snyder and, and Fatih Tarim kind of really pushed the side with, with what was left. But I, I think they're going to need some serious rebuilding next season. Um, Juventus, I think, are stronger this year. I think Serie A was strong. I think the team is stronger. Very excited for what uh, Paul Pogba can bring and Fernando Llorente as well, of course. Uh, as for Haaland, I think they're kind of doing it on fumes and I think they're at the stage where now um, the team will be will be broken up or at least somebody out of Ericsson, maybe Victor Fischer, uh, will be moving on. But again, Haaland, to me, is also the underachievement, the complete and total utter underachievement of PSV Eindhoven. 
That's all for now. What a show. I've enjoyed every single moment of it, and I hope you have too. You can email us, as so many of you do every week. It's gamepodcast at thetimes.co.uk. We're going to be back next week. Um, in the meantime, of course, you can go to thetimes.co.uk. You can find our web chats. You can read our blogs, our columns. And then, of course, you can hunt us down on Twitter and argue with us. Clive, you're what, C3PO on Twitter, something like that? <laughs> CP01. CP01, close enough. And, of course, you are Rory Smith. Rory Smith Times, yeah. Rory Smith Times. And I think, Ducker, you are Ducker the Times, right? Yes. There you go. All all slightly different, all slightly the same. Uh, I'm, of course, just plain and simple. Marcotti, M-A-R-C-O-T-T-I, the way God intended. You're famous, though, That is true. No one has a clue I am. I am far more famous than the rest of you. Uh, Till next time. Bye-bye. VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. VoiceOver on settings. So you can navigate it just by listening. Books, contacts, calendar, double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11. And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.